Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman, and joining me on the other line is Film Inquiry Editor-in-Chief, Christy Strauss. Christy, welcome back. How are you doing this May? It's May now. It is. Yeah, I know. I had to think about it, too. (laughs) I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So we don't really have like a major topic to discuss this week, Christy, but I thought kind of in the aftermath of the Oscars and as we, you know, kind of approach the hypothetical summer movie season, this would be a good opportunity to kind of do a temperature check. And we kind of did like episodes similar to this, like back in the fall when we first started this podcast, but really kind of having a conversation about like, what is the state of the movie world? Because I think as anyone who's kind of like following the news knows, it seems like at least here in the United States where we are, we are fingers crossed, knock on wood, kind of like turning a corner in the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated. There seems to be hope that maybe we could return to movie theaters. I I know I, a couple weeks ago, went to a, a very small like one screen movie theater at the beach just because I knew no one would be there. And I saw, um, I don't know if you've seen the, the Bob Odenkirk action movie. Nobody. Um, it's, it's solid, but it it was great to just be back in a movie theater. Um, so I figured that could be kind of like a good jumping off point. Just kind of like, what are, what are you feeling at the moment? What, where do you feel like we're kind of at, are we at a positive place or are we, maybe got some some big issues that we still need to tackle well i think we are always going to have a lot of issues we need to tackle but i do think we're in a positive place and i'm jealous i have not been to the theater i only got my first vaccination um like a week and a half ago so it's i'm I'm shooting for june that's hey (laughs) that's a goal is good it is yeah hopefully um actually tribeca will hopefully be my return if not a little bit sooner but yeah i you know it's interesting because i just recently saw like a summer movie guide and it's, there's a lot of a lot of movies coming out this summer that I'm actually very excited about. So I do think that we're kind of hopefully back on an upswing of that. And not to mention today with the um, a, you know the teaser for Marvel lineup, I think that I think people are looking to the future and and hopefully fingers crossed, toes crossed, arms, anything that we can to just make sure that this does go in a positive place. But I am hopeful. So two things I kind of did want to ask you about is, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a kind of complicated financial side to this that, you know, you and I are maybe not the best people to talk numbers and stuff. But, um, you know, I think there's a part of this equation that is like, how are movie theaters actually doing? You know, there was the tragic news a few weeks ago that the the Arcolite is theaters are closing in Los Angeles, which I know is a um giant blow to that city and that is kind of for you know anyone that doesn't live in LA like that is considered kind of the premier movie theater chain local movie theater chain in that city and it's a giant loss like not I I don't know what the state of that is whether someone is planning on buying it out but I know seeing just like on my Twitter timeline people I follow that were in Los Angeles that were like very very depressed by the fact that by their like favorite chain going away, I know Alamo Draft House, which is another beloved chain that's based out of Texas, 
they have come very close to yeah. that they you know they did like a big promo that matthew mcconaughey was in that was just sort of reassuring everyone this past week of like no we're we're opening up things are going to be okay but um you know that several of the major chains i think have come close to kind of shutting their doors in this last year and i think a lot of people were hopeful that maybe we were going to get a chance to turn that around and the arcalite news is was a little i think scary at least you know i i don't live in los angeles but was scary to me to hear of like oh yeah. no our local movie theater chains right like, i have my local theaters that i love to go to and you know the the other thing i just kind of wanted to ask you about that i've i've been kind of pondering this last couple weeks is like do do people even want to go back to the movies which i've always assumed like yeah people do want to go but i have also heard from people that they are so accustomed to watching stuff at home that they have even admitted to me like it's going to take something really special to get me out of the outside my home or something and or like i they know better kind of like what works on tv versus like what they can only experience on a big screen so i don't know if you had any thoughts on those two very very complicated topics for us to kind of unpack <laughs> yeah i can i can definitely try to unpack those um i think i mean i think like me and you really want to go back to the theaters but maybe it's you know the kind of everyday movie goer, not everyday, like actually everyday, but um, not huge film fanatics might not. And then obviously you become accustomed to watching certain things at home. But I also think that there's something to like the summer movie mm -hmm. um, you know, time. I think people like to go to the movies. I think that overall, I think morale is just up in the summer, I hope, because you can get to go outside and there's just so many things that make you happy. But I also, I just think like from, like I said, from some of the lineup I saw, I think there's a lot of movies that should be seen in theaters that people will be motivated to get out of their house and, and go see, mm -hmm. at least I hope. And as far as like the theaters, you know, it's, it is really sad. And I had a similar experience with a lot of people on Twitter that I'm friends with that and, and other places um, from LA that were really heartbroken about that. Of course, it was very, very sad. And it's, it's a, you know, a place I'd always dreamed of seeing a movie in. And, and right. um, I hope that it'll get saved. I mean, I think that there's a lot of ways that Hollywood could save these kind of landmark um, companies and theaters, but we'll have to see if that happens. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do think people want to go back, but it's really hard to, as you said, kind of um, check the temperature of, of everybody because so many things are still up in the air and I hope that we're going back to a sense of normalcy, but I don't know if it'll ever be like it was. And and that's the, I think the most depressing thing is even if we can get people back to the theater, will it, will it be the same? You know, it's just, I, I feel like it's always going to, the numbers are going to be lower than they were and it's going to take some time, but I am trying to be optimistic. Yeah. I think the, the, the reason I had kind of, other than some people telling me, and, and I think they had very like, good reasons like it wasn't just an out of laziness they were just you know i i know a couple people um one person in particular i talked to that said like admitted to me I, that they would not see any of the movies that were recently nominated for the oscars in a movie theater like they had recently gone through and watched all of them that is a whole other separate <laughs> conversation that yeah. um, hunter heilman and i talked about of just like that this one person that I talked to being an outlier of most people I know were just did not know any of those movies. And there's a whole complicated conversation that maybe we could talk about if you want about the Hollywood 
just not doing the work, I think, to put those movies in front of people and that created this weird dynamic in which like those movies only existed as as Oscar nominees and there wasn't a chance for, you know, the, the VOD numbers for stuff like Nomadland went up after mm-hmm. um, the show. But I don't I think there were just a lot of people who did not have a relationship to those things bec- and because movie culture wasn't that big of a kind of cultural event in this last year, I think a lot of people just sort of like tuned out to all of that stuff. And there wasn't the kind of like noise and fanfare around that show that there normally is. Um, But I agree, but essentially getting back, like I, I, this person was like, all of those movies, like I would have been fine just on my television. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I missed anything in a theater. And it kind of made me think of just like, I don't, I don't, is this going to like really put to the test of like what, what needs to be experienced in a theater versus like what is just sort of like engineered to look good on your television set. And that's a complicated Mm -hmm. discussion with like, I know a lot of Netflix movies are just sort of like the visuals of them, unless it's like a Martin Scorsese or an Alfonso Cuaron, like that, you know, Netflix has a kind of house style somewhat that, is just sort of like it hey this will look fine on a television um or fine on an ipad or something and i don't know that's that's an inch i don't know do you have any kind of thoughts on on that of kind of like how people will sort of pick and choose what they see at home versus in a theater like even i don't think it's as cut and dry as like you know you mentioned the marvel lineup but like Mm -hmm. I feel like the two biggest pieces of pop culture so far this year have been the two Marvel shows. And you and I talked a lot about WandaVision and I just watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, you know, those are TV shows that people watched at home and got the Marvel experience at home. And whether or not, you know, this new lineup of Marvel movies, people are like, well, I know that the Marvel experience, like I can kind of just enjoy it at home. So maybe I'm fine, like missing out on, most of these and just waiting until they come to Disney plus. Um, I don't know. Do you have any kind of thoughts on, on, on that whole complicated thing I just threw at you? Yeah. Um, a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think and it is hard to predict. And I do agree with the, the Oscar, um, nominees. I've actually heard that myself. And I think it was like, it was Frances McDormand actually at that bizarre experience which was the oscars this year um Mm -hmm. where she said this is a movie that you should see on screen at like in the theater and you know it's a movie that i would have loved to have seen nomadland in theaters um just didn't get that opportunity but um so i mean last year was also weird i think that the most the movies that people run to the theater to see the most are blockbusters Mm -hmm. um and i do think that we have more of those coming this year you know again fingers crossed than last so i think that will I think there's just certain movies that you want to experience in the theater. And then there's some things like, Oh, okay, well yeah, I could just watch this at home. And and that could be, that could fall into the, you know, like the Netflix films and you know, it's, it's just tough to really predict. And with like Marvel, um, I mean, black widow, I have all kinds of thoughts on how excited I am about black widow, but I do think that one could potentially get people out of the house more than, you know, I mean, and be comfortable still coming home and watching Loki this summer, you know? So it'll, it'll be interesting with that considering that they're doing the like premium like you can pay the, I believe it's $30 to watch it at home. And how many people, I, I don't know. That'll be interesting because I know they did that rollout for Mulan and Ray and right. the Last Dragon this past spring, and 
those were kind of like still when the pandemic was kind of really mm -hmm. raging, but what will people choose when they like hypothetically would feel comfortable enough to leave their home? Do they want to like pay that money to see it on a big screen or pay mm -hmm. to see it in the kind of comfort of their own home? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, it'd be different when it was during the pandemic. I mean, personally, I would not want to pay $30 to watch it at home. Right. I would rather pay less to go to the theater. And, you know, because I'm someone that is doing my part in getting vaccinated, I feel like I'd feel more comfortable doing so. But it is interesting with the um, Eternals teaser today, which I'm very, very excited about that film. But they had like it was it was actually a very sad little teaser in case anyone sees it with Stanley like narrating. But um, they showed like all the dates for the upcoming films. And a lot of them are like Thor, you know, uh, Ant-Man guardians and it's dr strange in the next year and i think that's kind of like a hey we're still here and big boss blockbusters are still here and mm -hmm. movie going experiences that are just you know incredible like like a guardians or something in the theater you know you don't want to experience that at home for the first time and i think that that is kind of especially with something as big as marvel i think that can be kind of inspiring for people to want to go back to the theaters just to experience something that you know <laughs> a little bit of our past if you will right I do think the kind of like silver lining is I don't know how much of the the kind of news around the the box office for the King Kong versus Godzilla. I'm I'm gonna keep butchering the title of it and getting the order wrong, but the King Kong versus Godzilla movie um, that Lee and I had a fun time talking about on the show, um, and actually had like pretty good box office numbers, and that yeah. was a movie that you know was kind of the first big blockbuster of the year in a lot of ways, and people could just as easily watch it on HBO Max and Lee and I both watched it on HBO Max, but there was a significant um, number of people who went and saw it in a movie theater and were vaccinated or, you know, maybe not vaccinated for and just went anyway. But, you know, people, people came out and like wanted to see that in a movie theater. And it seems like a lot of people watched it on the streaming service while also a lot of people still were like no this is the kind of movie i want to see on like a giant 50 foot screen so maybe that's that's hope because obviously we still have this hbo max warner brothers deal continuing throughout the year mm -hmm. um i actually f forget oh it's the it's the angelina jolie taylor sheridan movie is the next one that's dropping like that um which the name escapes me, but it looks pretty good if you haven't seen the trailer for I, it. I have. Does it have the word die or kill in it or something? Something like that. I just <laughs> keep calling it the Angelina Jolie forest fire movie. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought maybe um, unless you kind of had any last thoughts on that, like I can kind of run through, you know, some of these hypothetical movies that we could be seeing in the summer. I'm, I'm going to refrain from the fall just because let's you not know, get our help too ahead of ourselves right or you know release dates like too far out can always shift um yeah but yeah as you, we've seen with james bond 15 times yeah you think we're gonna have to wait 15 more years to see that movie I don't. <laughs> i'm gonna be as old as daniel craig when i finally see that movie <laughs> yeah i hope not i'm looking forward to that but so yeah. obviously this month uh Speaking of Disney, there is the I I did not know until today that the Cruella Deville prequel movie um is is doing the similar thing that we yeah. talked about with Black Widow like that movie will be available in theaters but also available at this like premium price if you just want to watch it at home on Disney Plus. 
um, totally 1000% until I pulled this Hollywood Reporter piece up, forgot that A Quiet Place 2 was coming out in like a couple weeks. I know, it just snuck in there. I thought the same thing. It yeah. was very quiet about it. It's a bad joke, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I, 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 who knows about the Cruella DeVille movie? I mean, I love Emma Stone, but what kind of a market there is for that? Who knows? Yeah. But it was like Cruella meets the Joker or something. It was a very strange trailer <laughs> when I saw. It. I did have a have that same thought of just sort of like, is this Lady Joker basically? Yes. Like, this is the same kind of needless prequel we need for a, a great villain. Um. There's a, a speaking of movies that I cannot believe are real. There's the Chris Rock Saw movie. I know. <laughs> I, I was reminded of that as well, which, you know, I'll watch. Um, I just saw just does not want to go away. No. I mean, do you think there's a market for saws? <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to remember when the last Saw movie came out. I want to say a few years ago, right? Maybe, um, I, don't I, know. I don't know which. I mean, maybe it was like number 18. I really don't remember, but... <laughs> I mean, it's it is a good premise. It's just sometimes, you know, how far can you go with a premise? So maybe there's something new introduced here. I'll, I'll watch it and be hopeful, but I'm not like sold that we need one. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with A Quiet Place 2, especially considering like I you and I like and until it was just now mentioned. <laughs> forgot that was coming out this month i know but, and i remembered it last year when it was set to come out i was like oh cool yeah quiet place too i'll go see that and then you know the world went downhill and now it's like it just sneaks in here and totally forgot about it yeah i mean th- that is also part of this interesting deal that paramount is doing with their new streaming service where i believe the movie will play for a couple months in theaters and then it will go straight to that streaming service and so that'll be another interesting test as to whether or not like the first one was obviously this huge hit. I get mm-hmm. the feeling there's a lot of anticipation for a sequel and whether or not, you know, considering we still are in kind of this transitional phase in the pandemic, people rush out the scene in a theater or if it becomes something that people say, I'm going to wait a couple months until later in the summer when I can just do a free trial of the the Paramount app or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think that'll be a good test, you know, but if people go out to see this movie when it opens, you know, like the Paramount deal and it's getting a lot of great reception and people are talking about it, that might inspire other people to go rather than waiting. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, services are going to do stuff like this. I mean, they have to kind of, um, you know, be as safe as possible by saying, hey, we'll give you this opportunity for theater, but if not, we need to still make money by putting this on a streaming service. And it also does allow the people that aren't able to go to the theaters to see. So it's just a, you know, a measure of Hollywood adapting to the circumstances and it's all just wait and see, I guess. So I guess maybe a fun game to play with some of these would be Oh, it's Although, those who wish me dead. Sorry. Oh, that is that the Angelina Jolie one? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. The the uh, what did you the firefighter? I just call. I just keep calling it the Angelina F- Forest Fire movie. Forest Fire. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems like that would be the title of it if this was like 1995. It like, would be. It, it, it absolutely. Would, it, would it would just be. be called Forest Fire. That would be. But then her <laughs> name would be really big on the cover, so it looks like Angelina Jolie Forest Fire. Yes, exactly. So maybe a fun game, although maybe it'll come back to bite us because I have a feeling you and I just kind of want to see a lot of stuff in the theaters Mm. Um, would be a like, would you rather see this at home or in the theater? Um, I think, you know, if we're talking about these kind of May releases, I think I'm fine seeing Cruella at home, but that's maybe I don't have a lot of anticipation for that. But I, I remember the experience of seeing the first A Quiet Place 
in a theater and just how um i don't know this just like fun atmosphere of how deathly silent Mm -hmm. that whole experience was and being able to hear like a pin drop in that theater or like the sound of people like not knowing how loud people eat until you like have to sit (laughs) through one of those movies and hear someone like ruffling through their their m&ms or something like that um so that that's kind of the first one on this list that i'm seeing where i'm like i definitely a thousand percent like want to be in a theater and preferably be around other people to see that yeah i would agree because i actually have a very fond experience of seeing that the first one in theaters as well and so i i it brings me back to that and i'd love to and i I imagine it's going to be a similar experience um hopefully with less rapper movement um, but and popcorn munching, but um, Cruella, you know, I don't. I feel bad saying this, but I don't like want to run to the theater. But I also don't want to pay thirty dollars. So we might just like see see how long it takes. You might me to just see wait six months for it to just be part of your Disney Plus bundle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know that could change. Like something could everyone could be talking about it, and you know maybe I'll be like, oh man, I really need to watch Cruella. This is what I need in my life right now. So. And that $30 might look like a, a good trade. So we'll see. But So speaking of streaming services, two other big Warner Brothers movies that will also be available on HBO Max. And so I think it'll be a real test as to whether a lot of people want to see them in the theaters versus at home. There is a new Conjuring movie as well as In the Heights, the, the adaptation of the, the other non-Hamilton musical that Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda did. Um, do you have any kind of anticipation for this? I mean, uh, uh, the conjuring again, like I, I remember definitely seeing the first one in a theater. I don't think, I thought, think I saw the second one on a plane, but, um, it's the worst place to watch a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're trying to go to sleep. Still really scary on an airplane. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I don't know for either of those. Um, do you have any kind of like sway either way? (laughs) I, I mean, I wasn't like, when I watched the trailer for the new Conjuring, I wasn't really blown away by that. Um, I will watch it when it comes out. I really liked the first one. I saw them both in the theaters. The second one was a little bit of a letdown for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I will definitely watch that. I'm not an enormous musical fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll, I will watch both of them, but they're just probably going to be in-home um, yeah. watches. And, you know, that's a bummer. I also want to throw out for Netflix, The Woman in the Window. Uh, the oh, that's thing. right. <laughs> holy cow i forgot man they really paramount really is just kind of that that's a paramount movie right right? that's one of those where it was like supposed to come out last year and there's all this like really bad buzz about it Mm -hmm. and like it really just seems like they're trying to like sweep that under the rug and now it's just going to be on it's going to pop up on our netflix one day (laughs) like i haven't seen any ads for it at all and it's popping up like uh soon in the next couple weeks um yeah the 14th of may well or ish ish that area yeah 14 and army of the dead's like a week later that's true um we get uh our second Another. dose of Zack snyder <laughs> this this year i don't know I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that one i kind of like his uh um dawn of the dead remake so oh yeah i love his dawn of the dead remake um, um but it, it's it's a it's interesting. Yes. Um, well, we'll have to see. But yeah, I mean, there's that's like we're still in like May, basically. In the Heights is June, but I mean, and and Conjuring is June, but there's so many, so many things that are coming out. It's just, even if a lot of them are from the, you know, couch that we see. Right. It's still a lot of new content that's kind of exciting. I think I'm exciting. fine seeing both of those 
at home um the two hbo max ones uh you know the next one that i'm probably really excited to see in a theater is is fast and furious (laughs) nine which is just like i've the last couple like hobbs and shaw and fast eight i think were kind of letdowns for me but i i want to believe justin lynn's coming back you know you want to believe in fast and furious i want i want to believe in this is the movie we need yes (laughs) you know justin lynn who i think kind of like turned the corner and helped like form this into the blockbuster franchise that it is and kind of like establish its you know he he did i think three through six and kind of helped really kind of mold it into the franchise that it is today. And they're bringing back Han, justice for Han. They're yes, <laughs> bringing back the best character. So I don't, I don't know. They, these movies are just so like ridiculous and over the so top ridiculous. that I'm, I'm. Th- th- this is, I think, a prime for me. Like I, I want to be able to see this in a movie theater. I know, and it's funny because I, the last two have been very disappointing for me. Not that I had like a huge. Um expectation with these films but they just continuously get like so ridiculous and over the top and and they weren't as fun while being over the top which was what they used to do so yeah when i saw the trailer for this i was like oh it's ridiculous and then like five seconds later i was like yeah i'm gonna go see that in theaters (laughs) so apparently dominic toretto is what i need this summer um but yeah so that i'm I'm with you on that one so that'll probably be i i have a feeling kind of the big june movie theater movie i think if, if mm-hmm. quiet place is going to be the big may one this is going to be the big june one yep. going into july kind of a smaller movie but you know notable because a24 didn't really aside from minari put out much last year zola their kind of big sundance hit um from a couple of years ago uh i've heard very positive things about it uh but have tried to sort of keep details to a minimum because <laughs> i hear it is very crazy um yeah me too i don't want to i want to like be surprised so i've been trying to avoid because i don't know the story of it entirely yeah uh there's a new purge movie <laughs> yes another franchise that just won't go away and this is the forever purge yes um <laughs> black widow which we talked about i think you and i both agree that's going to be kind of in an interesting test considering that's mm-hmm. in early july i think that's around fourth of july weekend or a little after um you know what whether or not that's something people want to see in a theater or whether they want to see in the comfort of their home um also in july is a new space jam movie which i'm not excited for and i know (laughs) i won't i won't say much more but of just seems like the most kind of like hollow piece of corporate yeah, there's just, a little bit of an emptiness to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not too excited about that either. We can just skate by that. Yeah, but notably, it's <laughs> going to be on HBO Max. Um, right. Which means we'll probably both watch it. Probably, yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk <laughs> If about only it. for the content of the show. Um, right. Yes, that's, that's exactly it. Speaking of Disney, Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt kind of doing um, African Queen cosplay. I guess so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess we need another theme park ride. Yes. Movie. Um, there's going to be another G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, I didn't even know that until I saw this list. Yeah. Which I'm looking at a different list, I think. But I, I was like, 
What? Oh, okay. So we're still trying to make that work. Okay. That is one that I believe what, from what I have heard switched release dates with the Top Gun movie and the Top Gun sequel, I think was originally going to be this summer. And I would assume this means that, you know, Paramount has a lot of confidence in that movie, but they kind of switch that and put that into a fall slot. That's not really near any other big movies. So I think they're hoping that that's going to draw a giant audience in the fall. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited if only because even when this person does wrong and they've done wrong plenty of times, it's a really interesting kind of bad, but M night Shyamalan's old. Oh, I am too. I was actually just going to say that, that I'm looking forward to that. I think it's an interesting idea. And you know, when he's like you said, when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's bad. So hopefully it's, you know, the former. And I think kind of rounding out the summer. um, I mean, there's the Green Knight, which is the, mm-hmm. you know, Dev Patel medieval. I, I believe it's like, is it the story of Sir Gawain? The like Arthurian yeah. legend? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like mo- fantasy horror. It's got like all kinds of. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'm sure be the kind of like A24, like cool hipster summer movie <laughs> to see. Um, you know, and then really kind of like rounding out the summer I think the big one's going to be the Suicide Squad, but that's also an HBO Max release. Yeah, I will definitely go to theaters for that. Um, as well as uh, Candyman movie. I know. I'm so excited about Candyman. And um, I was just talking with my my brother last night about this last one, um, Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary, Get Back, which we j- I just had a whole weird conversation with my brother last night about, like, isn't it weird? Like, the, <laughs> the evolution of Peter Jackson's career from just like indie schlock horror guy like from dead New alive too <laughs> yeah who becomes does like lord of the rings and the king kong movie and people are like this guy's the next spielberg and then it kind of like goes south and now he makes documentaries um he just does him i guess but i i love it i, I was just reading about this last night too actually and i didn't know he was making this or made it rather and i love the beatles so yeah i'm i'm similarly a, a big beatles fan so i'm mm very excited for this so i don't know i think you know unless there's any other titles that um that i missed i i think we got an interesting slate of i think stuff like a quiet place and the fast and furious movie are definitely going to be big theater going events Mm -hmm. i think it'll be interesting with the other ones kind of like what happened with the the godzilla movie what's going to be like the ratio breakdown of people saying I need to experience this in a movie theater versus I can get a satisfying enough experience at home and whether or not we're going to see this continuing blur between kind of at home viewing and theater viewing and what, what is a movie versus what is TV and all all of that complicated stuff that I'm sure we'll be talking about more on the show throughout the year. Yeah, I think it'll continue to like hopefully get better as things just get better. And I think the real test will be like movies like Suicide Squad, which, you know, are, are a little while out. And I I know a lot of people that want to see that in theater, but it's also available at home. So it'll be an interesting just to see what happens. But I don't know. I think it'll be continue to blur, uh, continue to blur as we as we move on. But hopefully more people are, you know, getting vaccinated and getting out and you know, other things go down, numbers go down, and we're hopeful that someone will save the Arclight. Please, someone save the Arclight. 
Yeah. Whoever's uh, listening to this right now, just go save it. Yes. <laughs> um, let's talk about some movies we recently saw. Um, for, actually, first of all, you and I have not had a um Falcon and Winter Soldier conversation, so I'm curious as to like what you thought about that show, considering we talked so much about WandaVision a few months ago. Yeah, so did you watch the in, the entire uh, I, I did, I did. I just watched the finale like three nights ago. Yeah, so I mean I, I enjoyed it. I, I personally liked WandaVision more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really liked, especially the beginning, I, I really liked what they were doing with um, you know, Bucky and Sam's characters. They were really showing some some sides that they hadn't before. Obviously, these are also two characters that didn't get a lot of opportunity to be on screen, just like WandaVision, uh, the characters in that. So I really liked the the idea of like Bucky dealing with everything that he's done. And, and you know, Sam kind of at first, obviously, spoiler, giving up the shield. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's got it back. And and that's exciting to set that up as far as his next movie um, as Captain America. But yeah, I, I, I liked it. I felt like it was a little bit inconsistent yeah yeah so well go ahead i, I like oh, no, I, I, I was gonna keep letting you cook i my my kind of take on it that i've been sort of stewing sort of comparing it to wandavision is i think they're both i i think very interesting examples of like the marvel the the marvel movie going experience but translated to television and i think sort of conceptually as as like what the kind of grand ideas that they were playing with and the sort of like big picture idea for the show i think falcon and the winter soldier was more of a success for me than wandavision of just sort of like i i you and i talked about how i kind of personally didn't feel like wandavision sort of fully lived up to its potentials or just sort of became kind of like i i i feel like teased like a more interesting show than what it actually became and i do think i'm actually like in the smaller minority on that like i think most people liked falcon the winter soldier better yeah um, well it, it it's it's i actually probably agree with you if i like wandavision more i mean i i really thought that they kind of i don't know i really like the idea of let's do make the falcon and the winter soldier a show about like what is a world without captain america and what does it mean to sort of take up the mantle from captain america and what is this sort of like world in which because of the the blip i guess as they call it the when everyone vanished at the end of infinity war people return but all of a sudden there's like different borders and stuff and what does it mean for a black man to sort of take up the shield and be the kind of like image of america considering the sort of sins of america's past mm-hmm. but i feel like structurally WandaVision was a lot more successful at being a TV show. Whereas I think like you, I kind of got, I I almost would have preferred Falcon and the Winter Soldier as just a two hour movie. Yeah, I think so too. It felt like a two hour movie that had been needlessly extended and then kind of randomly chopped up over six weeks. And well, I think there were kind of interesting ideas that that show was tackling. I, I just found it, like a very hard show to kind of, like I I I felt like it was work to watch it each week which I don't know that I necessarily want whereas I feel like WandaVision more successfully fit the Marvel formula into the the structure of a TV series with individual episodes and kind of 
teasing you and having you um, sort of in anticipation for the next week and kind of doing a week to week experience better than what Falcon and the Winter Soldier turned out to be. Right. And I think that's partially because you kind of knew where this was going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, WandaVision, I wasn't entirely sure. And I think a lot of people were also like always, you know, hypothesizing like what's going to happen. But um, even we did that. But with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, there's a lot of themes that I love and I love where it ended up. It just yeah. seems like the journey to get there. I feel like it was like, overly extended. It didn't need to be. There was some things uh, that they, you know, the the villains weren't necessarily right super compelling and no offense to them i mean the idea behind a lot of it i liked and it makes sense that there would be a group that's almost like the thanos group that thinks Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to get rid of some people and not to go back to the way things were but um yeah i just i just felt like there was some missteps especially with the way that each episode was set up i i really liked the pilot a lot and i thought that the pilot the first episode a lot and i just thought that was i was like whoa this is awesome and then i just felt like some of the ones after that kind of took too long to get where they were going but i'm really excited about loki i gotta say that yeah i'm interested as to what that turns out to um like all of these like what will this be yes exactly (laughs) especially with that wandavision like i said i think falcon and winter soldier i don't know if you read comics or anything like that but i mean i we knew like sam was gonna be uh the new cap so it was just like kind of how we got there and and i think that you were right i think you kind of nail on the head with like a two-hour film would have been been perfect so there were a couple of titles that came out this past week that I know you and I both wanted to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. One that you saw that I didn't and one that I saw that you didn't. Um, I think you saw the one that most people, <laughs> from what it seems like, checked out this past weekend, which it was um, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, I um, I actually was recommended to watch it and it wasn't actually one of our uh, writers at film and Korea also sent me a message like have you seen this you'll love this so of course that was like you know yeah for sure um but yeah it's a new animated film on netflix and you know the the main character um is a young girl who wants to be a filmmaker she's like obsessed with film so it, it was like you know right from the get-go when i watched it it was like uh you know character after my own heart sort of thing but her family decides when she's going to college because she doesn't have a great relationship with her dad or very close relationship instead of flying we'll do a road trip and then on this road trip basically the world is um taken under control by bad uh robots bad machines ai and so they're fighting uh the ai and they become the heroes and it's just a it's just a lot of fun but it's also has a lot of heart it actually made me laugh out loud quite a few times there's a ton of like movie easter eggs there's like easter eggs is that what you call them yeah yeah um and and just like a lot of really uh, well done animation, it, it's just a really fun movie. Um, I feel like it was the perfect movie when I saw it because it's just like a big bundle of joy. So any movie lover, I think, will really enjoy it. It's from a similar team who did the um, Spider Verse movie, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely have to check that out. Uh, the one I watched is, I don't know that I could recommend it. Like you recommended Mitchell's and the machines. Uh, it was without remorse, which is, um, new, uh, Tom Clancy action movie starring Michael B. Jordan. Um, I believe was a movie Paramount was going to put out in the theaters and then sold to Amazon. Um, which I think they've done with a few titles. Cause right before it played, they did like a teaser for, some action movie with Chris Pratt that I guess I thought was a Paramount release, but I guess is going to just be 
dropped on Amazon over the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Tomorrow War. Yeah, that's, that's I think that's what it's called. Um, I would not consider myself. I mean, it, the idea of Tom Clancy as IP. Um, I thought David Ehrlich at IndieWire kind of wrote a kind of interesting and slightly humorous review of just sort of like, I don't get why this is IP. Like, does Tom Clancy mean anything to anyone under the age of like 50? Um, But obviously like, I know the Jack Ryan show is really popular. One of my brothers and his wife are really into it. Um, And I just love Michael B. Jordan. And I think Michael B. Jordan's Mm -hmm. a great movie star. And I think while this movie is, is well-made, I guess the simplest way to explain it, because it's got a pretty convoluted plot that I kind of, could not follow um is michael b jordan is a a navy seal who um is going after uh a group of people who he believes to be behind the murder of his wife and gets caught into this massive cia conspiracy um yeah it sounds about right yeah and i uh, haven't seen it (laughs) just a a tuesday um and (laughs) I don't know. It's it's a movie that I think is objectionably really well made. Um, Stefan Stefanos uh, did it. Who you know he's done a bunch of crime shows like Gamora and uh, the Amazon series Zero Zero Zero, which is actually very good. Um, and he, his sort of one big film credit was the Sicario sequel, which I kind of detested. <laughs> and um, I agree. Th- this movie has that same i think if you've seen any of those things that i just mentioned he's got this very kind of like muscular but also like dour incredibly serious sort of like brutal style and you know there is a handsomely made movie with kind of like well put together act like brutal militaristic action sequences but there's just this sort of like punishing sort of airless seriousness to the movie and even like like michael b jordan looks like someone who would just be a navy seal but there's Mm. none of that michael b jordan charisma that i think makes him interesting as a star even in something like black panther where he's playing a villain there's a kind of swagger to him that sort of takes over the room whenever he enters it and this just had none of that it was just sort of um this kind of like bleak morbid tone throughout and i kind of just found the whole thing boring it's just sort of my like just what you're looking for in like an action right it it, and it it almost felt like the experience of like sitting there on a couch like in college and watching like my roommate play call of duty but like i'm not participating but of just sort of horrible yes that (laughs) that felt like the experience of watching it um so i'm i'm not quite sure that i would recommend uh without remorse but i guess uh everyone else should check out uh mitchell's versus the machines per per your recommendation and to even do a callback there's a scene where they they mentioned dawn of the dead um they go into a mall and they're like, isn't that where they go in Dawn of the Dead? So there's just a lot of moments like that, that if you love movies, I think like, or even just pop culture, there's giant Furbies. I just don't know how you can't have fun with this movie. <laughs> well, Christy, thank you again for stopping by for this week's episode. And we'll definitely have you back for the summer Something. movie season? Question mark. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that we everybody get your vaccine and let's, let's yes. enjoy this summer movie season. So we can all have fun in the theaters together. Yes.